0: Praise the Lord. There we go. Can you hear me now? All right. Yeah, I'm on. Well, very good. Well, how's everybody doing on a beautiful Wednesday evening? Praise the Lord. All right. Let's make our way to the sanctuary area. I know the coffee bar just feels so holy and anointed and you can feel the presence back there, but you can feel it up here too, so praise God. Let's go ahead and make our way up here. We are going to get started tonight and uh, and have an awesome, awesome service. But how do we always start out? We speak some words of faith over the United States of America. Let's stand up together tonight. Praise God. And we're going to speak some faith over our nation because we do believe that America's coming to Jesus. And again, somebody would say, well, it's not what I'm seeing. Well, we're walking by faith, not by sight. Amen. And we are going to see a turnaround and a revival. And we will be a sheep nation, not a goat nation. Amen. All right. Let's go ahead and speak this together. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name. And in unity, we confess that Jesus Christ is Lord over the United States of America. We declare that righteousness, mercy, justice, and judgment from you shall prevail. We declare that America will complete her God-given mission to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world. We push back the darkness of Satan from this nation and call for the light of Jesus Christ to invade the media and every home, church and school and every town, city and state of this great nation, the United States of America. In Jesus name. Amen. All right. Give the Lord some praise tonight and you may be seated. All right. Well. We've got a lot of announcements to get to here. And, uh, and so let's just get into this. I was, as I always say, I was thinking that things would calm down in June, but it's just getting even busier for uh, the month of June. So lots to do here. Um, first of all, I want to r- remind everybody that Pastor and Mrs. Pastor, they flew out to Indiana this morning. And so they're going to be out there for, uh, the next about four or five weeks. All right. Helping my sister out. She's getting ready to have a baby. So anyway, uh, we're going to help her take care of that. Praise God. One second. So anyway, um, so they're going to be out there for the next four or five weeks. And they'll be dealing with that. But they will be back. And uh, they'll be staying in touch with everybody. All right? Now... On your announcements here, one thing new that we're doing for the month of June is this, is uh, my dad, for the monthly scripture reading, he's added a daily commentary, and this starts today. Has anybody seen this yet? We kind of went over it on Sunday, so there's a daily commentary uh, for the for the scripture reading every day, and I'm really excited about this. I think that this would be a really good opportunity for anybody uh, that has kids or family. Hear me out. I think that you could read the scripture every day, and the commentary. Commentary and kind of discuss it a little bit and do a family devotion. Who thinks that your family could use a little devotion time together? Hey, listen, my family could use it. I've got four kids. We need this, all right? So anyway, come on, and this is a great chance for you, all right? And then this Saturday, do we have any men in the house tonight? Thank you, men. All right, all right. Saturday is our monthly men's meeting at 9am we are having a pancake breakfast alright get those carbs on boys come on we need them get the carbs in and then we're going to have a good time in the word of God and so we're providing the pancakes and the syrup uh, so men if you want some additional stuff uh, to put on top of your pancakes I heard some of the guys talking about they need bacon on their pancakes I'm not going to argue you probably do bring some bacon bring something to put on there and uh, we're going to just really do it up and have a really really good time with that. And then this Sunday, this is big news, everybody. This Sunday is our annual youth group cake auction. Wow. I need more enthusiasm. That is not going to cut it for us. We, this Sunday is the annual youth group cake auction. All right. So, and when I say cake, I mean cake, pie, cookie, cupcake, muffin, whatever dessert you want to make, but bring it on in, sign up, and bring in some desserts this Sunday, and at the end of the service, we're going to auction them off, and what this does is, this is how we send our youth to their summer uh, trip, which they take every year, and so we want to make sure that every kid gets a chance to go, so all the kids that participate in the cake auction, they get the money from it, and the kids that said, I don't want to work for it, then they don't get the money for it, right, because you don't work, you don't eat, and then, hey, you know what, I don't know if you go on the youth trip, so let's make the kids work for it and uh but if you can bring in desserts and we will auction them off and if you're you know if you if you're like well I don't need a bunch of extra sugar in my house everybody says that but you can buy some and give it to somebody else because it is more blessed to give than to receive can i get an amen Thank you. All right. So that's this Sunday. Don't miss it. And then women, the women's meeting is going to be June 10th at 630. And Miss Rosalinda Palakiko is going to be doing it. Amen. And uh, and so ladies, come on out. And I think you're having finger foods that night. And then Young Adults is Friday, June 17th with Miss Rosalinda Palakiko. I like saying that name. That's a fun name to say. Anyone with me? So Rosalind is going to be doing the women's meeting also uh, and, uh, and young adults at 630 on the 17th. And then men, we've got Father's Day coming up. Yes, Father's Day is coming up on Sunday the 19th apparently and we've got a gift for every dad here and it's going to be absolutely great and of course we've got a new tradition as of the last two years that we have a special segment of the service designated to dad jokes, right? And so I've already got some of the dads on alert. They're practicing. They are preparing and getting ready to bring out their very best dad jokes. And and so I just want you uh, to be ready for that. And by the way, when does a joke become a dad joke? When it becomes a parent, right? So come on, somebody. Just be ready. All right, I don't need your courtesy. All right, I don't need I don't need your charity. That was a bad joke. All right. So, uh and then water baptism last announcement. Water baptism is coming up on the last Sunday of June, June the 26th, and I want to get this to go ahead and pass around cuz we got a lot of people asking about getting baptized. So, we're going to be able to do it at the morning service and the night service this time around. So, if you have never been baptized, Or what we see a lot of times is maybe somebody, uh, you know, their parents baptized them as a child and they just, they didn't understand it. They don't remember it. They don't know what was going on. But now you're an adult and you're saying, you know what, I want to make this decision for myself. I encourage you to go ahead and sign up for the baptism. All right. Well, that's all the announcements. Who knows what time it is now. Yes, sir, it's happy time. And if you're like, well, what's that all about? Man, God loves a cheerful giver. It is more blessed to give than receive, so we get real happy when we get to give. If you need an envelope, raise your hand, and they'll get you one. We're going to open our Bibles to Matthew chapter 10. Matthew 10. I'm going to be in the NLT here. Matthew chapter 10. We're going to look here at verse 8. If you're giving online, you can go to hdwc.org slash giving. But Matthew chapter 10... And what we have here is Jesus getting ready to send the 12 disciples out to do the work of the ministry. And this is a very fascinating verse to me right here. But Matthew chapter 10, and verse 8, as he's sending them out to do the work, he says, Heal the sick. Who believes in that? Yeah. Raise the dead. We believe in that. Cure those with leprosy. I've never met one, but praise God, I believe in it. All right? And then he says, And cast out demons. We believe in that. But look what he includes in this list. He says... Give as freely as you have received. And so in all the work He sent them out to do, to, I mean, feed the poor, heal the sick, cure the leper, cast the devil out, and all that, He says, give as freely as you have received. Who in here has received something from the Lord? Amen? I have received a lot of things from the Lord. I've received healing, I've received deliverance, and I've received finances from God. Amen. And so everybody wants to be a receiver, but you gotta know this, that it's also very important that we be a giver. And so as freely as you have received, you gotta freely give amen and that's the whole key to it all and i encourage us man that as uh as our world is in uncertain economic times and all this stuff you know there's things we cut back on but make sure you're doing things god's way be a giver keep god involved in your finances don't cut that line off right now keep it going so you have harvest coming when you need it because galatians 6 says you will reap what you sow. Amen. And you don't reap nothing if you didn't plant nothing. Amen. All right. That's not good English, but my mom's not here to yell at me tonight. So hallelujah. All right. Let's stand up together. Amen. Yeah. My mom was an English major in college and I grew up in a redneck town. Think about that. I mean, how hard was it to be a little hillbilly and your mom's always, I mean, dear dear Lord. All right. Anyway, let's go ahead and speak some words of faith over our giving tonight. And then we're going to get into a great time of praise and worship. Let's do this. Thank you, Lord, for meeting all of my financial needs so I have more than enough to take good care of my family, to give generously in the kingdom of God and promote the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Let's go. Okay, let's praise the Lord on tonight. Join us up
1: here at the altar. Let's give Him all the glory, all the honor, and all the praise. Amen. Let's never stop singing. You call down into darkness You reached down To save us You conquered the grave, you crossed the divide Lost in our sin, you made us alive How could we ever hold it inside We can't hold back So we're gonna lift you higher, higher Hearts burning bright like a fire, fire Voices unite, make it louder, louder We're never gonna stop singing We're never gonna stop singing Let's tell the Lord how set free we are tonight Set free No longer bound in chains Yes Jesus you rescued me And called me by name You conquered the grave You crossed the divide Lost in our sin You made us alive How could we ever hold it inside We can't hold back Lord So we're gonna lift you Higher, higher, hearts burning bright like a fire, fire. Voices unite, make it louder, louder. We're never gonna stop singing. We're never gonna stop. Higher, higher, higher. Hearts burning bright like a fire, fire. Voices unite, make it louder, louder. We're never gonna stop. We're never going to stop singing. All right, we're the tribe of the Lord. Tribe of Judah. Every tribe, every tongue, every heart will sing. Every knee, we will bow to the risen King. Lift him up, lift him up. We're never going to stop singing. Lift the Lord up. We're never going to stop. Every tribe, every tongue, every heart will sing. Every knee we will bow to the risen King, lift him up, lift him up, we're never gonna stop singing, no, we're never gonna stop, high, high. Thank you, Lord. You're the Waymaker. We're going to sing Waymaker now. We're going to praise the Lord. Raise our hands to you, Father. We thank you, Jesus. You make things happen. You make rivers in the desert. You pull us out of the miry clay. We thank you, Jesus. We praise you, God. We raise our hands to you. Holy hands. Thank you, Lord. maker you are the way maker miracle worker promise keeper light in the darkness my god that is who you are you are the way maker miracle worker promise keeper light in the darkness my god that is who you are. You are here. You are here. Touching every heart. I worship you. Yes Lord. I worship you. You are here. Healing every heart. I worship you. I worship you You are here Turning lives around I worship you I worship you You are here Mending every heart Let's worship him I worship you worship you Light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. Because you are the way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper. Light in the darkness, my God, that is who you are. That is who you are. That is who you are. Who you are. Yes, Lord. That's who you are. That's who you are. worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. My God, that is who you are. We love you, Lord. You are the way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the darkness. My God, that is
0: Lord, we praise you tonight. We thank you, Jesus. That is who you are. You are a promise keeper, Lord. You are a miracle worker, and we know that you are the light in the darkness, God. And as we know, these may be dark days, but we've got the light of the world. We've got Jesus with us, Father. And we thank you so much for who you are. And Lord, we praise you for that tonight. We worship you, and Lord, we lift your name high. We thank you, Jesus, for all that you are. And Lord, we want to do. our best for you too, Father. We love you so much and we ask you to have your way in this service tonight, Jesus. Tell us what we need to hear, Lord. If we need encouragement, encourage us. If we need correction, correct us, Lord. Whatever it is we need, I pray in the name of Jesus that your word will speak to us tonight and be that two-edged sword, Father. We love you and we thank you for it in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Can we give Jesus some praise together tonight? Amen. Hallelujah. The Lord is good and his mercy endures forever. Amen. You may be seated tonight. Well, it is Wednesday night, the hour of power, and we're going to get right into God's word tonight and uh, and have a really good time with it. Now, um, we're going to be starting a series tonight called Summer in the Psalms. And uh, what we're going to do is over the next few weeks is we're going to be uh, studying the book of psalms now i gotta say this much uh that summer is by far my least favorite time of the year and so i hate i mean but one of my favorite people is named summer yeah and so what what are the chances of that and it's her birthday today all right i I, amen now, I can't give shout-outs to every time someone has a birthday, but it, it does actually happen to be her birthday. So anyway, so yeah, yeah. So uh, I, I'll just say that my least favorite time of the year, but one of my favorite people. So praise God for that. Uh, but, I, but check it out, all right? Uh, I've decided this year that uh, to not focus on the heat and the wind and everything like that, but to focus on one of my favorite things in life, and that is the book of Psalms. Now, I love all of God's Word, obviously, and uh, my main focus as a new Testament testament christian is the new testament of you know chapters and verses especially the epistles is where you know my main 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 focus needs to be but i absolutely love the new testament and the old testament and i love the book of psalms and i can say this much without fear of contradiction that i read from psalms every single day 365 days a year you better know that at some point during the day I am reading from the book of psalms and and i've got several favorite chapters that will probably uh, uh, Get through Over the next several weeks, you know, I, I mean uh, There's just so much goodness wrapped up in the psalms, but um, uh, Even today, you know, I was thinking about this I took my parents to the airport in vegas and I took ellie back with me and she was wanting to listen to music and praise God for music, but I was like hey I need some psalms, and so what did I do as a good dad? I had my ten-year-old daughter read me the psalms, you know, driving back from Vegas, and 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 I and she enjoyed it, and I enjoyed it. But the psalms is really a wonderful book for obviously dozens and dozens of reasons. But you need to know this: that it is the biggest book in the Bible, right? It's 150 chapters, and Jesus quoted from the book of Psalms, more than any of the other Old Testament books. Now, the New Testament books haven't been written yet, but he quoted at least 11 times from the book of Psalms that we have a recording of. And 17 of the Psalms, maybe more, but at least 17, predict Jesus and prophesy Jesus being the Messiah. And so there is a lot of very important even New Testament information that, that is wrapped up in the book of Psalms. And if I ask who wrote the book of Psalms, most people would say David. And that is partially true david did write the biggest portion of the psalms 73 of them have his name signed to them and he possibly wrote more because there's some anonymous ones with no name on them moses wrote a couple of them solomon wrote a couple of them and there's some other uh writers that wrote some of the psalms um but i know this much they speak to us in a very real way because they deal with so much of the human emotion And especially David's Psalms, he was a musician and we know that musicians tend to be in touch with their emotions, you know, more than mechanics and stuff like that. So praise God. So David, you know, he would tell you if he was feeling real down, he could describe it. And I think that's a gift that a lot of men wish they had. I wish I could have that. I'm not good at describing my emotions. Just ask my wife. But David could also tell you when he was feeling really up and really down, and he did so well uh, with, with just covering so much of the human emotion and the human uh, uh, outlook on life. And, of course, it always comes back to his trust in God and his trust in God's Word. And so tonight... I thought, what better place to start than one of the very first chapters my dad ever taught me, Psalm chapter 1, all right? We're going to look at Psalm 1 tonight, and I remember as just as a wee lad, my dad teaching me uh, the Psalm chapter 1, and it's very, very, very good for us. And so let's open our Bible tonight to the very first chapter of the book of Psalms, amen? Who's excited? Let's go psalm one and this is a Obviously just I mean a great kickoff to the whole book of psalms the very first chapter And i'm I am looking forward to each week the different Chapters that we're gonna that we're gonna go through and look at I love it, but psalm one And we're going to read the whole thing here. It's just six verses. And then we're going to break down the first three verses tonight, all right? So Psalm 1 in the NLT, verses 1 through 6, it says, Oh, the joys of those who do not follow the advice of the wicked. And so we're going to get to that. But listen, don't be following the advice of the wicked. Or stand around with sinners Or join in with mockers. What happens? But they delight in the law of the Lord. What's the law of the Lord? It's the word of God. They love the word of God. Meditating on it day and night. They are like trees planted along the riverbank. Bearing fruit each season. Their leaves never wither. And they prosper in all they do. Somebody say all they do. All oh, they do, yes! Verse 4, but not the wicked. No, 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 not the wicked. They are like worthless chaff scattered by the wind. They will be condemned at the day at the time of judgment. Sinners will have no place among the godly, for the Lord watches over the path of the godly, but the path of the wicked leads to destruction. Now, I mean, those last few verses, they may not seem like the encouraging ones, but come on, that is the absolute truth. And you need to know it's a godly person. People may be asking like, well, aren't you afraid of this? Aren't you afraid of if this happens next? You're like, eh, stop that. I'm godly. And that's not conceited to say. If you are a born again Christian following God, you're a godly person. And I know so many people that are like, you know, uh, they have a hard time saying that they're righteous. Listen, you are righteous if you're born again. You're not self-righteous. But 2 Corinthians 5.21 says that you have been made the righteousness of God In Christ Jesus, you're righteous. You are right with God and on the inside he has washed you as white as snow your sins may have been like scarlet they may have been a bad stain on your soul and on your spirit but the blood of Jesus washed you white as snow and you have been made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus and so this is talking about these last few verses the wicked their path leads to destruction but the Lord watches over your path and that's really good news for you right now the Lord is watching over your path and if you'll listen he'll tell you which way to go so you don't get lost out here amen all right so what we're gonna do now We're going to break down these first three verses of Psalm chapter one, and these really apply to you. And I really, really, really want you to listen to the wisdom that is entailed in these three verses, because everybody loves where it gets to the part of they are like trees planted by the riverbank. Everybody wants to say, amen, man, that's going to be me. They bear fruit every season and they prosper in all they do. Everybody wants that to be their life. But here's the deal. you got to obey what the other portion of it says first. You don't just automatically succeed. You don't just automatically prosper in all you do. you got to do things God's way. And so let's look at what it tells us to do if we're going to be like that tree planted along the riverbank. All right? So check it out. Number one, the first thing it tells us is this. Number one, don't take advice from the wicked. Don't take advice from the wicked. Now, to some people, this sounds like an obvious statement. They're like, well, yeah, duh. I mean, that's about the worst thing you could do. And then to other people, I say that, and they're like, that sounds a little bit extreme. You're sounding a little bit harsh over there. You need to just, I'm, I'm I'm telling you right now, I refuse to take my advice from wicked people. I don't care if you're a billionaire and you know how to invest money. I don't want to hear from you. I'll find a Christian financial advisor. Amen? If you're a counselor and you want to tell me how my head and my mind work, praise God, I can find a Christian one. I believe in Christian counselors. That's a good thing, right? But I don't want some ungodly, wicked person that doesn't even know that God's the creator of the heavens and the earth telling me how to fix myself. Because no matter what my lowest state is as a child of God, I am far better off than the wicked person who thinks they have it all together. And God forbid that I go and get one of them to tell me how to fix my marriage. How to, how to raise my children? Are you kidding me? Come on! Don't go to the wicked for advice. Well, that sounds extreme. Hey, that, hey, it's not me saying it. It's the Word of God. We've got, God has given us His Word, number one, His Holy Spirit, number two, and He's given us good Christian people to help us with wisdom, right? And the book of Proverbs tells us to go to godly people for wisdom. But I've seen really good Christians follow advice from people that don't even know Jesus. And I have seen it shipwreck their lives. They'll tell, they'll tell you, well, your problem is you go to church too much. Your problem is you, you give 10% of your finances down there. Your problem is you're having your kids read the Bible. Your problem is this. Your problem is that. And it's all the exact opposite of what God's word says. And I've seen people follow wicked advice and it absolutely shipwreck your. Life, and I encourage you. Also, you know, uh, I, I I remember this one kid that was in my youth group, and he used to go to uh, he he just loved to spill his problems to anybody and everybody. Now, first of all, here's a word of wisdom for you: don't do that, okay? Because some people, you know, they're gonna use it against you. Some people are gonna, you know, whatever. But don't not everybody needs to know all your business. Can I get an amen? All right. But I remember this kid, he would come to, you know, he'd come in, Pastor Dave, I need, I've got this going on. Can you give me advice? Okay. Yeah. Here's what the Bible says. The next thing you know, he's out there going to, you know, his drug dealing cousin for advice. Then the next thing you know, he's going to this guy. Then the next thing, and I'm like, I'm not going to even tell you anymore what's going on because if you're going to this, 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 and everybody for advice, I guarantee you what I'm telling you is different than what your thieving drunk cousins telling you. Thank you. Yeah, and so what I'm saying is that that you are going to be, and this little fella, this young man, was the most confused, dizzy, uh, I mean, just disoriented little person that I've ever met in my life because he just let everybody, wicked or godly, speak into his life, and it was nothing but pure confusion. And so we don't go to the wicked for advice we don't take our advice from the wicked and you know of course it's a good idea to to get godly wisdom and get advice before you make a big decision we absolutely believe in that but it just needs to be from a godly person and you're like well i don't know any godly people hey you're at church you know some of us are pretty decent people and i mean you know can't speak for everyone right now but come on Lighten up, guys. Come on, lighten up. <laughs> Gee, is the summer already getting to you? All right. Now, I will also add this. I might also add that not every single person who claims to be a Christian is a godly person. I, uh, Hey, I've known some real doozies over the years. <laughs> I've, known, I've known some real winners that they knew all the right words to say in front of one group of people. And then they were totally different in front of the next Group of people. But Jesus said this you can judge a tree by its fruit. Well, I was told not to judge. Well, Jesus said, Judge a tree by its fruit. And I I need to see some godly fruit out of your life before you have access to speaking in to my life and giving me advice on my family and my finances and my marriage and anything else. We need to see some godly fruit. Let me show you something here. Proverbs chapter twelve. Proverbs twelve. Who's glad they came to church tonight? All right. Proverbs 12. We're going to look at verse 15 in the New King James. But we're talking about don't take advice from the wicked. Don't take advice from the wicked. Don't take advice from all your online buddies. Don't take advice from all your, you know, your work buddies. I would say, you know, don't take advice even from all your family sometimes. I mean, I, I've got God, I've got the Holy Spirit, go, go, go to godly people, but dear Lord, don't let wicked and unruly, unsaved people have access into speaking advice into your life. It's, it's futile, it's useless. Proverbs 12, verse 15 of the New King James, it says, the way of a fool is right in his own eyes, But he who heeds counsel is wise. What counsel are we talking about? We're talking about godly counsel. Amen. And so, yeah, the way of a fool, every fool I know, they think they're a genius. Anybody notice this? I mean, there's people that are, it's obvious to everybody around them. Like, dude, you have no idea what you're talking about. But in his own eyes, he has got it all together and he wants to fix your life so you can be just as wonderful as he is. But listen, the way of a fool is always right in his own eyes, but he who heeds counsel, I'm gonna say godly counsel is wise. And, and that's what we're talking about here is not heeding the counsel of the ungodly. I know before I married Katie, I talked with a lot of godly men. That I knew about, hey, you know, what's something you could tell me about about marriage? What's your advice on this? And I got married very young. And so, uh, you know, I, I wanted to talk to godly men who got married young and survived and did it the right way. Now, I had tons of people that claimed to be Christians try to totally talk me out of it. Tell me how foolish we were, how stupid and what a dumb idea it was. I had people from some of i I worked at fedex i had this guy that was an elder at one of the biggest churches in indianapolis tell me man you need to live with that girl before you get married you don't know if you're compatible and i was like what church do you go to can i get the name of that because i never want to step foot in that place come on that is a fool god's word says otherwise amen and so I had even people that claimed to be godly just giving me wrong advice. And so what do we do? You judge a tree by its fruit. Jesus said to do that. And this guy had been through a few wives already anyway. So I'm like, I don't want to know your advice on marriage, all right? He was good at stacking boxes, though. So I, I did listen to his advice on box stacking. man was brilliant at it. But at the same time, listen to me. It says, don't follow the advice of the wicked. And so... Uh, Again, another good reason to belong to a good church is you're surrounded by lots of godly people who you can talk to and get godly advice and wisdom from. Amen. All right. And so, number one, we said don't take your advice from the wicked. Number two, don't stand around with sinners. Don't stand around with sinners. Well that sounds extreme. Man, all I'm doing is reading the Bible to you tonight. And, and, and so if you want to be that tree planted by the riverbank, which we all do, you gotta do it God's way. And so to a certain extent, we all have to have some friendships with people that aren't saved yet, right? I mean, there's, you're not called to never associate or talk to or or mingle with people that aren't Christians. If we did that, we'd be hiding our light, and you know, how could we witness? How could we? How could we go out and be the light of the world if we hide it all under a bushel and you know we all go into hiding? The, you know, we, we realize that, but at the same time, I've seen so many times where we're so eager to go and and, and just hang out with all these sinners that you're not the one changing them. They begin to start changing you. And that's where we start to get ourselves into a little bit of a mess. And so I will say this, and I stand by this statement, your closest friends should be Christians. I believe that. I believe that your closest friends should be Born again Christians that, that are there to iron sharpen iron. People that can build you up. People that, you know, aren't gonna tear you down all the time and try to talk you out of it. So 2 Corinthians chapter 6. Let's look there. 2 Corinthians chapter 6. Our main text is Psalm 1, but we're gonna, we're tying in some other verses here. 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 14. Amen. You still love me, right? 2 Corinthians 6 and we're gonna look at verse 14. And this is just a powerful verse that, that there's a lot of wisdom in this right here. And I, I encourage especially uh, our, you know, young people, they need to get a hold of this verse. Second Corinthians chapter 6, and we're going to look here at verse 14. And now in the King James, it says, do not be unequally yoked. Well, I always heard that verse, and I thought of an egg yoke, And so I'm like, wait, but it's not spelled the same. So uh, let's go New Living Translation here, all right? So uh, 2 Corinthians 6, 14 don't team up with those who are unbelievers. No, it doesn't say don't have friendships, don't be nice to, don't witness to, don't, it doesn't say that. But it does say don't team up with, don't hook up with, don't yoke, don't join yourself together with those who are unbelievers. Why? Well, how can righteousness be a partner with wickedness? How can light live with the Darkness. And then I should have put verse 15 up there, but it's not on the screen, but I'm going to read it anyway. It says, what harmony can there be between Christ and the devil? How can a believer be a partner with an unbeliever? And then it goes on into more stuff right there. But there's so much truth to that right there. That... We, as Christians, again, we can witness to and be friendly to and, and you know, mingle with and, and, and all this stuff, work with those who are unbelievers. But I am not going to team up with, yoke myself together with somebody that's not a Christian. And this verse is especially true about the dating scene. Thank you, Susan. Yeah. I mean, you're already married, but still, listen, listen, all right? Now, I I don't talk about this a lot because, you know, I can't relate to it a whole lot. But at the same time, you should never, as a Christian in a million years, date someone who isn't a Christian. I mean, come on, you're, you're on the road for failure before this thing even gets started. And you know some of you are shaking your heads because you learned the hard way and I know some of your stories And yeah, I mean you learned the hard way and usually the most miserable people I know is someone that was a christian who married someone That's a non-christian because listen you're never going to be able to agree on the very core essence of life If you're a christian you jesus is your everything, right? I mean, he's everything. You If you're a real Christian, you base your decisions off of what Jesus said. And to an unbeliever, these things don't make any sense at all. It doesn't make any sense. You're going to say, well, I believe that we're supposed to give 10% of our finances back to God. And they're going to say, that's crazy. Shut up. No, we're not going to do that. That's stupid. Well, I believe we should forgive this person that wronged us. No, we're not. We're going to go and get back at them. We are going to get even. And you're going to say, no, that's not. You are going to butt heads nonstop. I mean, on, on raising children, on everything else. I'm telling you right now, for the love of God, if you are a Christian, you don't yoke or team up yourself with an unbeliever. Now, Jesus' little brother, James, had about the harshest words of anybody in the Bible to say regarding this topic. Look at James 4, verse 4. Some of you look like I just stole your toys away from you. Hey, Listen. Hey, I didn't, t- I didn't take nothing. James 4 verse 4, and, uh, here's what, what James had to say, and, uh, if you're here on Mother's Day, we looked at, remember we looked at some things that Jesus, James, and Jude all had to say that were similar, and, uh, and so, Jesus, you know, had his own thing on this, but here's James, uh, just really not holding back any punches, and being very straightforward as he always is. James 4 and verse 4, he says, You adulterers, don't you realize that friendship with the world makes you an enemy of God? I say it again, if you want to be a friend of the world, you make yourself an enemy of God. My gosh, that sounds pretty hardcore right there. Now, does this again does this verse mean you don't have any friends that aren't Christians? No, it's not saying that. But it does mean if you're starting to pick up their bad habits, that you are you're starting, you're on the path to becoming an enemy of God. Well, I don't believe that God has any enemies. Have you read the Bible? Yeah. Yeah. It says, let God arise and his enemies be scattered. God's got enemies. Oh, yeah. And it says right here that if we become friends with this world, we will make ourselves an enemy of God. This is New Testament teaching right here. And so I know this much that there's a lot of people that they want to be liked by this world. And I can tell you right now. That if your goal is to be popular with modern society, you're not going to be real popular in heaven. Right? Because everything that we stand for, they are against. And everything we are against, they stand for. And so my goal is not to see if I can get the most Instagram followers, you know, in the high desert. Whatever, man. I don't need them, but listen. My goal is not to be the most popular and well loved. Because if you stand for the Word of God, you're going to take somebody off at some point. In fact, uh, Paul put it this way in the very last letter that he ever wrote, Second Timothy, chapter three. He said, "All who live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution." And so sometimes people are like, "That's weird. I don't ever get any flack for my beliefs." Well, that must mean you're not living very godly then. The only way that you're not going to get a little trash for your beliefs is if you're not living godly. And the only way you never run head on into the devil is if you're both headed the same direction. Okay. And so if you are going against the current, if you are standing for something, you're going to run head on into the devil at some point and you're going to receive a little persecution for your beliefs. And that's Quite all right with me, because if I want to be liked and I want to be a friend to this world, all I know is that it leads to becoming an enemy of God. And that's not a real uh, popular teaching to give in 2022, but you got to know the word of God. Amen. And so we aren't holding anything back from you tonight. All right. And so we as Christians, what does it say in Psalm one? Don't stand around with sinners. Well, why not? Because it leads to point number three, number three. Don't join in with mockers. It tells us there, Psalm 1, verse 2, don't join in with mockers. Well, what in the world is a mocker? I think the King James says scoffers or sit in the seat of the scornful. The, The scornful, the scoffer, the mocker. A mocker is someone who mocks or makes fun of something they don't agree with. So it's not enough to say, well, I don't agree with, you know, your outlook on that. they got to make fun of you for it. they got to be a scoffer. They've got to mock you. they got to come at you for what you believe. And there's plenty of people in this world, have you noticed this, that absolutely mock and scoff and scorn Christianity. Why in the world would I want to hang out with those people and join in with them? Because, listen... My goal is to get to verse number three. I want to be like a tree planted along the riverbank. I want my leaves to never wither, and I want to prosper in all I do, and that is not going to happen if I stand around with sinners, if I take advice from the wicked, if I join in with mockers. Now, as I've looked at these first couple of verses here, There seems to be a progression spelled out. If you look at these things, it seems that the warning Psalm 1 is giving us is not to take advice from the wicked and the ungodly, first of all, because that leads to standing around with sinners. And when you start taking advice from the wicked, when you start hanging out and standing around with sinners, it eventually leads to joining in with mockers. And I'm telling you, you're like, oh, that sounds extreme, man. I have seen this so many times. Two people that are very close to me, two relatives, brilliant young men. In fact, uh, two relatives of mine, PhDs, alright? Uh, ER surgeon, uh, young man. And so he, they just loved the Lord so much and, and, on fire for God, hooked up with their youth group. They started looking up to another, uh, individual, uh, associated with our family. And this guy is an atheist. He's smart. Not as smart as my PhD relative, but he starts, you, you believe that book? Are you serious? Oh, you guys are crazy. This says right here that you can't do this. You can't do that. You guys actually believe that book affair and so just started mocking these young men when they were still in high school, making fun of them. And, 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 and really what happened is they started hanging out with him. They started, they, they started taking advice from him. And then they started joining in with the mocker. And at this point, we're, I'm praying for a turnaround. They are mockers. They make fun of us, ridicule our beliefs. Just think that the Bible and Christianity is just the biggest joke in the whole world. But it didn't start out that way. It started one little step at a time. And so I'm telling you, watch yourself. What do we say? You better check yourself before you wreck yourself, right? And so many are there's dipping when you start hanging. Hey, I'm I'm from the countryside where we've got rivers. When you start hanging around the slippery river bank, you get a little closer. You start eventually you slip in and if that's the river of God, that's a great thing. But if, if it's the river of this world, that can be a dangerous, dangerous thing. Let's look at Proverbs chapter 13. Can we do that? Proverbs thirteen. Let's go to verse twenty. Proverbs thirteen, verse twenty. Amen. Proverbs thirteen, verse twenty. What are we talking about? Not joining in with mockers. Proverbs thirteen, and verse twenty. And and again, we've just I've seen so many times where where somebody. You know they, they 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 just start out, man, uh, hanging out with with the wrong people, taking advice from the wrong people, and eventually it just turns into this whole terrible thing. A couple months ago, I saw I've had this favorite Christian band since I was 17 years old. They were my favorite band. I mean, back at, we used to have these things called CDs back in like the late '90s and stuff. So, it was this little is a circle thing you put it in? And so, I used to buy their CDs, and uh, and, and I, I mean, I went to their concerts, I bought their merch. I, I I really they were my favorite Christian band for like nearly twenty years. And so a few months ago, they hadn't gone on tour, done anything in several years. So they announced on their thing, we're going on tour finally. And I'm like, oh, woo. I mean, I was going to take my kids. I was so excited. And then they announced who their opening act was. And I was like, whoa, what happened? Their opening act, I won't go into all the details, but it's an extremely ungodly person who doesn't even know what gender they are I'm not not judging i'm just saying person does, just doesn't identify as anything and then i'm like okay well let's see there this person's music she uses the or uh, she uses gd and all sorts of other curse words and you know hey if there's one pet peeve pastor dave has it I despise cuss words. And you guys know that. Never, ever, ever cuss in front of me. It's hard to make me mad, but I really hate cuss words. And if there's any cuss word I really hate, it's blaspheming the name of God Almighty. G.D. Woo! Don't say that. And claim to be a creator. I would rather you say all the other words all at once. Don't say that word. And so I'm, you know, I'm, I'm on their page. I'm like, are you serious right now? I mean... The, the the confusion aspect isn't even the worst of it. The worst of it is that this person claims to be a you Christian music and says GD in a couple of their songs. And they're going to go on tour and open for my favorite band of all time. I was like, this hurts. But I, you know, I, I just put on there like, guys, you know what? You've been my favorite band since high school. You know, praying for you, adios. And dude, did I get flooded with hatred. I had people I never met messaging me on the internet. You hater, we're going to get you. I mean, threats and all sorts of stuff. And I was like, whoa, this is a Christian band I'm talking about here. I mean, I, I didn't go out there to, you know, the bar and insult them. I, you know, that, that's their playground. But if we're in the realm of Christianity... I have every right, if you're going to say GD, to just assume that I can judge a tree by its fruit. You are not a Christian, and I don't feel bad saying that. That's just the truth of the matter. You're not. If you blaspheme the name of God Almighty, I don't care how wonderful your music is. You're sick, and you're not a Christian. Sorry, guys. My bad. All right. So, but dude... The hate from people, you call yourself a Christian. I do, and so does this individual, but I don't throw God's name out like that. And, and so, I mean, I had messages, and, and just people, and then they, they blocked my stuff for a little bit, and I'm like, I mean, just a whole crazy mess of things happened, but I'm like, wow. All I said was, you know, adios, <laughs> but listen to me. When we start to take advice from the wicked and we begin to hang out with sinners, what does that lead to? It leads eventually to joining in with the mockers. And then we're certainly not on the right path. Did I read this verse or did I go off on a rant? I can't remember. All right. Proverbs 13 20. Walk with the wise and become wise. Associate with fools and get in trouble. And so a whole lot of your success depends on who you hang out with. Alright? And so if you walk with the wise, what happens? Do you become stupid? No, you just get more wise than you already are. And if you associate with fools, what happens? You get into trouble. Alright? And so we're talking about Psalm 1 here, and I'm gonna get to the very last part here, number 4. So we've said the things that it tells us to not do, but here's what it tells us to do. And it's this, uh, to delight in the law of the Lord. Delight in the law of the Lord. Well, what does that mean? I, I asked my daughter this this morning as she was, I was. we were reading this driving down the road. I said, what does that mean, to delight in the law of the Lord? Well, the law of the Lord is the Word of God. It's the Bible. And what happens when you delight in something? You love it, right? You want to be around it. You want, you want, you want to invest your time and your resources and, and your love into whatever it is you delight in. And so, uh, if you delight yourself in God's Word, the law of the Lord, you're going to actually spend some time with it. And I can, I mean, I I say this all the time, but I can promise you this right now. If you don't take the Bible seriously, you will never see the results it promises. You've got to take this thing seriously. And I, I mean, I know so many people like, man, I love all the promises. I, I love all that it says. And they're wonderful. And they're awesome. And they were meant for you to enjoy. But you've got to take God's word seriously. And so look at Psalm 1, verse 3, right back to the beginning. Psalm 1 and verse 3, and we're talking again about the person who doesn't join in with sinners, doesn't take advice from the wicked, doesn't hang out with mockers and all this stuff. We're talking about somebody that is taking God's Word seriously. What is this person like? Well, Psalm 1 and verse 3, they are like trees planted along the riverbank bearing fruit each season their leaves never wither and they prosper in all they do so what's so unique about a tree that's planted by the river well they have a constant source of nourishment right if i'm in the desert growing a tree i can grow one but i got to go out there you know and water it myself all the time. Now, a tree that's planted right next to the river, what is it? It's, its roots go down deep. It constantly is planted right there. It doesn't move one week and say, no, no, this week I don't want to be on the river. I want to go way out there into Never Never Land. No, it is always right by the source of life. And so as a Christian, what does it mean to be planted by the riverbank? It means that we are planted in God's word. We are surrounded by God's people. We are not just hearers of the word. We are doers of the word. And when we begin to take God's word, when, when you begin to, to view life through the lens of God's word, when you begin to base your decisions on God's word and you base your life off of it, you can expect your life to be like this right here. A tree planted by the riverbank. Notice it says, it bears fruit each season. The book of Revelation tells us that there is a tree of life in heaven planted along the river of life And it says it bears a new fruit every single month. I think that's incredible. I mean, one month it could be pomegranates, the next month it could be apples, the next month it could be oranges. That's even, we can't even begin to comprehend that. And the same thing is true here in our lives on earth, that when we are planted along the riverbank, we can bear fruit each season. You don't have to have where your leaves wither and you begin to dry up. No, you can prosper in all you do. Well, how does all that happen? By being planted and delighting yourself in the Word of God and taking it very, very, very seriously. And I always mention this every time that I, I preach on Psalm 1, but the best example that, I, that I've seen in my life is it's incredible to drive down the 15, right? And you just desert and desert and desert. You get there to D Street in Victorville and you start seeing trees everywhere, these lush Green trees—they're very healthy—and and and you know I I, I drive past that every day all you know uh, during the school year and in the fall time I see you know we actually there's beautiful golden and 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 orange colors they turn and then in the springtime they grow green again. They're very healthy trees, and it's like how can they? be so healthy? Well, they're planted right beside the river. And you could be in the midst of a dry world and a dry environment and a hostile world towards Christianity. But if you stay planted next to the river, if you will delight in the word of God, you can be healthy. You can be strong. You can have the peace of God. You can prosper in all you do if you'll do it God's way. And that's what we're talking about tonight. Doing things God's way. Amen. All right. Well, we better end there tonight. We're at eight o'clock. Let's go ahead. Praise the Lord. And we're going to stand up together tonight. Hallelujah. And we're going to get into some really good Psalms over the next few weeks or month or whatever, two months. We're going to dig into some awesome, awesome stuff that I just absolutely love. All right. Well, I'm going to have my prayer team come on up tonight if I could. Chuck, Heather. And uh, if you're here, and maybe you need prayer tonight uh, for anything. We'd love to pray for you and stand in agreement with you. And if, if not, you know, we just ask that you take a minute here to worship God. And here's one thing that never hurts you. You could thank God for his goodness and all the good things that he's done in your life because you are a very blessed person. Do you know that? How many of you have a, a, a home to go to tonight? It may not be a mansion, but you got a roof over your head. How many of you have air conditioning or swamp cooler? Some of you have both, all right? I see you, I see you. How many of you have food? How many of you are going to Del Taco when this is over? I, there's, okay, I knew, I knew, Doug, yeah, all right? <laughs> so listen, you are so blessed. Why don't you thank God for some of these things, amen? And if you need prayer, come up and get prayer, all right? Let's go, Tom. Praise the Lord. Well, we're going to go ahead and close out tonight. Has everybody been blessed together? Amen. All right. Well, we're going to enjoy our summer in the Psalms. Amen. And, uh, and just, you know, have a good time with it. All right. Well, let's go ahead and close out. Men, who's going to be here with me on Saturday morning for some pancakes and some Bible? All right. Amen. It's going to be great. And then, of course, uh, the cake auction is Sunday, so go ahead and get signed up for that. And I think they'll probably text you to remind you to bring stuff in Sunday, but it'll be a great weekend at High Desert Word Center, Amen. Let's go ahead and we're going to close out in prayer, then speak some words of faith over Barstow. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord, so much for what we've seen in your word tonight, Lord, in the book of Psalms. And God, we want to be like that tree planted by the riverbank. We want to be strong. We want to be healthy. We want to be everything that you need us to be, Lord. So I pray that you would help us to delight in your word and, Lord, to obey the other things that we were told right there uh, in the first few chapters or the first few verses of Psalm 1. We thank you. And Lord, we ask you to use us the rest of this week. And Lord, we declare that every household... every family, every person that is here tonight, Lord, and listening online, that your blessing is on their life, Lord. We're going to live our lives for you, and we thank you that our marriages and our family and our kids and our households and our jobs, all of it, is blessed because of you. We love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, can someone say amen? amen? All right. Let's speak these words out together. We declare that Barstow is a blessed city. Our families are blessed. Our schools are blessed. Our churches are blessed. Barstow is healed. Barstow is prospering. Barstow is safe. Barstow is strong. Barstow is surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. Barstow is full of love, joy, and peace. Barstow is full of the glory of God. Barstow is coming to Jesus. Barstow is saved. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, we'll see you this weekend.